Hello everyone and welcome back to CHH Hysteria. I'm your host Cole. And I'm your co-host Cooper. And today we are sitting here with one of the most slept on CHH artists, one of the most creative CHH artists. Maria. You probably know who it is if you watch our channel because he's been on a lot, but it's been a while. We are here with Apex Frazier. What's up guys? How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. He just dropped your album, The Loved One. Not album, EP. The Loved One. Um, same difference, right? Yeah. But Either way. It's fantastic. It's definitely one of the most creative projects I've heard this year. It's something we don't have in this scene at all, like sound-wise. Super unique and super you. So really, really good. Um, but one thing I really loved about this album was the fact that it had a narrative throughout the whole album. So yeah. do you just want to tell us what the story of this album is? Yeah, for sure. First off, thank you so much for having me and uh, the kind words about the project. Yeah, I caught it in EP basically because I want my next album to chart. So I don't want to <laughs> drop another album until I'm yes, guaranteed sir. the Billboard Top 200. But basically, the loved one follows this journey of uh, these two main characters, really the guy more than the girl, but a journey right. of looking for love and a relationship gone sour and just kind of looking for love in the wrong places and uh, trying to find, you know, that validation through anything except for where you should be looking up until the conclusion of the story. Um, but yeah, man, like you said, I love writing narrative projects. So it's a big uh, point of emphasis for me was to do a really big story project with this, with the, the loved one. So uh, I think it came together really well. Yeah, I would agree. So you said that the album follows a character and it's pretty obvious throughout that there is a character that's following. Um, in what ways does the character represent you? And then in what ways does it also represent the listener, if at all? Yeah, um, so I like to write stuff that is sort of hypothetical, but still pulled from real life experiences. So a lot of the, a lot of the songs and a lot of the ideas, the concepts that you see are based off of true stories, but not necessarily exactly what went down. So like the coffee shop thing, like, yes, been on coffee dates, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm writing about me, right? So um, in the same sense, like I said at the voice memo at the end of the project, what I really wanted to do was just make something that everybody could relate to. And we've all been through human relationships. So I wanted to take that and weave the gospel into it in a way that presents it to people who may be closed off to the idea of the gospel or who may just not quite understand and relate to it. I just wanted to bring a different light to it and a, a story that people can follow because everybody likes a good movie um, and everybody has been through human relationships. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really great idea to, a great way to make a very Christian album without being like jesus 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 yeah, right it's a very right. good way very great way to reach because everyone can relate to what you had like some song or some sort of like so some sort of level to what the loved one right. is right um but yeah you said you like weave the gospel in there so like how would you say like how how was the gospel weaved in yeah yeah man really um shout out to zdrx he came in and dropped a really important interlude a really important voicemail um, for me on this project where he kind of took the main character and um, showed them, you know, where to find love. And, you know, real love is only found through the love of Jesus and uh, everything that 
I, I really like how the timetable worked out for this to drop right around Easter weekend. Uh, I think it was really yeah, divine timing. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, the project came out on Good Friday, right? And that was like the ultimate sacrifice of love ever in human history was Jesus dying on the cross for us. So um, ZDRX came in and had a little interlude where he spoke to my character to um, just kind of put some perspective in their mind to just trust God, man, because ultimately everything that we lust after, everything that we chase after is going to leave us short if it's not fulfilling us spiritually and spiritually we can only be fulfilled through Christ. So that's something that I, of course, struggle with as a young man is trying to find balance and trying to find love in different places. You know, I'm 20 years old and um, that's something that I think a lot of people around my age really struggle with. So that was a big point of emphasis was to point to Christ through the love story in one way or another. I feel like Z was the perfect option to come in and that interlude played so well, um, as well as it just, it literally speaks to the person listening and it mm -hmm. kind of pulls you in because it's still part of the story, but it's also directly telling you, you need to trust God. And I think that it was just really cool how it all worked out. And then of course, with too long, it's kind of a confessional piece where it's like, um, these things that I'm chasing after aren't satisfying me. I've been playing this game way too long and I'm just ready to ready to give it all up. Um, so I think that's kind of the beauty of the gospel is that, you know, the grace is always there, no matter what, it's always there for us. And it was, it was there for the love. Yeah, that's really good. That was a really good explanation of how the gospel weaves in. And yeah, I, I do agree that like Z's interlude is a very important part of the story, which I think was good. Um, Cause sometimes albums have interludes that just kind of mean nothing, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I like, I, I like this one. Cause like it meant something to the story, which is cool. Um, so the album kind of like leaving a little away from the message of the album, talking about the sound of the album. Cause first of all, the message was really well done. The narrative was amazingly well done, but something else that really makes the album stand out is the sound of the album. Right. And it's mm -hmm. very unique for the space, like in our space, I feel like there's nothing like it. So, um, yeah, how did you come to the sound? What were some inspirations? And how do you think people are receiving this new new sound? What do you say? Yeah, no, for sure. It is very unique. I, I agree. I don't think there's anything like it in CHH, and there's not really much like it out in the music world. Um, I'm someone who listens to a lot of different genres, as you know, Cole. I, I love uh, like indie alt, pop music. And uh, I think you could kind of see some of those influences. I'm a big Mac Miller fan, um, but more than anything, bro, I, I was very deliberate with just wanting to do something unique and new and special because, in the words of Drake's dad, only real music gonna last. All that other stuff is here today and gone tomorrow. And I don't want my music to be here today and gone tomorrow. I want it to live right. in the hearts of the listeners forever. I wanted to live in, you know, the landscape of music forever. And I wanted, you know, be unique and different. Like you said, it's a big pivot for me from hoodie raps, especially in the album and everything last year. But I always knew this is kind of where I was going. You know, the hoodie raps was kind of more of a branding opportunity. And that was very fun, but I wasn't creatively fulfilled making trap music and stuff like that. Um, so I really wanted to do myself justice and do the genre justice because I think we can expand outside of just 
fighting for playlist placements. I think we can expand outside of just making what the world made a year ago, our own sound. I think we can do better and, and more original and unique ideas and if people uh, have the chance to listen to it, I think it's almost undeniable that people will understand how different music is better in the long run. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, you know, like I love how you're not just trying to get playlist placements or just trying to fit in with what's popular, but like you're being yourself. And like you, like Drake Zach could have said it better, like you're like the loved one is gonna last longer because it's always gonna be unique to you, right? Yeah. Even if people try to copy, you're the original, you know? Nothing better than original, That's right? right. <laughs> so Yeah, man. And, and to piggyback off of that real quick, I just wanna say shout out to uh, my guy, Odyssey. He's always yeah. very supportive of me branching out and exploring different sounds. Um, I saved the hardest task for him. So the naturalist coffee shop too long, like they sound so well put together because of um, his dedication and his work. And it's always a blast to work with him. He produced those three songs as well as mixed and mastered the whole project. So um, without him, I wouldn't have been able to be as creative on this project. So shout out to Odyssey. Yeah, you're only as good as your team is, right? Yeah. You know, That's Odyssey's right. super good, super talented. Um, you should follow him too if you haven't already. Yes. But um, speaking of Odyssey and the naturalist and stuff, you told me that fine uh, that fine apple inspired the naturalist, like that guitar mm -hmm. riff, right? So how did like how did you get that naturalist guitar riff or Odyssey or whoever came up with the guitar riff? How did you get that from fine apple? Like, what was that process like? Yeah. You know, it was actually harder than than you would think. The, the yeah. Naturalist took longer than any other song to make. And, um, you know, we started it. I had the idea maybe October-ish of last year. I've been working on this project for a long time. The first lyrics I wrote were before Missions and Convictions came out. So it's been a, a very long time. But The Naturalist, man, I've really enjoyed Nick D's music and I've you know, I think who he doesn't? is, yeah, really. I think he's um, someone who does the whole music thing very, very well from a business and sonic standpoint. And uh, yeah, Fine Apple, of course, blew last year and that guitar riff is so infectious. So I don't know, man. It just, when I heard it, I knew where I wanted to take it. I unfortunately don't play guitar, so I couldn't, I couldn't strum it out right away. And it took a lot of, um, kind of tweaking to get to, but that muted pad that Odyssey played in the beginning was actually the second iteration of the beat. Originally, it was more of a just direct electric. Um, mm. And then he had the idea to make it a little muted thing. And I think it sounded really well in the end. Speaking of the naturalist real quick, um, I like it that it's almost like a, a misdirect to the rest of the project, not mm. just conceptually lyrically but also sonically it's a very right. like pop punk intro yeah. and then a hard pivot halfway through and that was always the plan the pivot was always the plan but the bpm decreasing by i think 41 overall was actually in one of those happy accidents that happened it just got messed up with the with the um exporting the demo and mm. I texted Odyssey, I was like, bro, did you do this on purpose? He's like, oh no. I was like, it's perfect. Keep it exactly like that. Of course he like fixed it up a little bit so that it sounded a little bit more um, consistent, but right. uh, it's just funny and, and really cool how some things like that happen. And 
uh, those accidents make for the best art always. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that. The Naturalist is probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite from the project, yeah. obviously, <laughs> for obvious reasons. It's amazing. But um, yeah, it's kind of speaking of like the happy little accidents or um, that, you know, people might not notice when they first listen. Like, what are some things that in this project, whether that be like parts of the story, lyrics, or like somehow something sounds that you think turned out really good and you're really, really proud of, but you think are kind of getting overlooked or like not overlooked, but not enough attention or people aren't yeah. really realizing that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, everything. <laughs> uh, honestly, man. Examples. And, and I, yeah. I say this from a, a place of confidence and not pride, but I would make the argument that I'm the most underrated artist in the world. And okay, okay. I think this, I think this project really proves that from a writing standpoint, there's references to the overarching story all throughout the project, even mm -hmm. in The Naturalist, you know, in the first verse where it's really fun and really happy, there's those little introductions of doubt, said no to a FaceTime, kind of weird, but it's her, right? I'll just see you in the daylight. We're introducing mm -hmm. the doubt early on so that whenever the breakup comes, you know what's about to happen. Same with coffee shop. Tell me what would happen. You're feeling bad habits. The way that the courses line up and the project up until too long, every course is a question. So can we just mm. be together? Can we just be forever? Tell me what would happen if I met you at the coffee shop? What if I told you I was fine, but I'm not fine? That was very intentional. And the reason too long isn't a question is twofold. One, because of Noah. Noah came in and, and kind of changed the goat. delivery of the Absolute go, absolute legend. I love Noah, man. He's he's incredible and one of my best friends in music. And I'm so grateful for him on this project and just as a friend. But he came in and changed the delivery a little bit. And it just kind of helped paint that picture of a conclusive love where mm. everything else has that doubt and has that question where you're not sure if this is gonna work or not. And then I guess my ultimate answer would be the breakup, um, just the writing on the breakup. The whole story is POV, but that song is 100% POV, switching from the guy's perspective to the girl's perspective, um, kind of learning, you know, victimizing each other and themselves and then learning, the guy learning like, wow, this is actually my fault. Like I'm the reason mm. that it's not working. I'm the reason that, um, I'm in this position. And I think that it's just such a, like I wrote it and I've listened a hundred times and I'm still like, wow, this is really good. And I that's think that's problem. just, <laughs> yeah, it, I think that's just a, a product of like the people, the studying that I put in, you know, I'm a huge fan of Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick showed me how to make a story album with Good Kid, Mad mm. City and Yes, sir. You know, and damn, and to pimp a butterfly, like all of it. I'm a huge fan of it all. And I think you can really see that in the writing on the breakup, as well as the vocal mixing on this project. I had a lot more to do with than ever before. But the breakup with the kind of distorted vocals, first the mm. low pitch vocals for the guy's verse, then the high pitch for the girl's verse. That was very inspired by Derek Miner's Homecoming where it's mm. not exactly the same thing, but you have that kind of POV and the mixing. So you understand like it's different people talking. Um, so I think that yeah. the whole song with the breakup 
is really underrated right now. It's it's not in the top half of the streaming, but I think it will be. I think the whole project will blow up. And when it does, that song will get a lot more love. Yeah, for sure. I just love how much thought and effort and intentionality you put into like the whole story writing of the whole project and not just each song, but like literally, yeah, you just put a lot of effort and work into it. And I think it's really turned out really good. And people are able to see that it's one of those projects you can go back to because I didn't even know, I didn't realize like the, the question thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's one of those, I love projects where you go back and you're like, holy crap, I've listened to this 50 times, but holy crap, you know, I mean, never realized that part. Like exactly. I love that type of music and that's the type of music that this is. And exactly. like, I think that's like, yeah, that's just crazy. I love it. And the songwriting is insane. Like so good. Like, thank so you. Good. bro. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, another artist who I'm like that with is Swoop. Not so much his last mm. album, but like cinema. When you go back and you re-listen to cinema, it's like, whoa, yes, I miss that. And I, I think music like that just has a very special place in my heart. And I'm sure everybody feels the same way, but whenever you can re-listen and pick something out that's new every single time, like a Kendrick, yes. like a Bellion, then that's, I think, the mark of a true artist. And that's what I strive to be. Speaking of kind of like like the whole story arching, um, at the very beginning, you, you start out with like, the journey starts here. And at the very end, you go, the journey ends here for now. Does that mean that the loved one, like are you foreshadowing a sequel, just like, or something similar? Like, like, what did that mean? What does it mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm very intentional with writing. Obviously, we just talked about that. But with projects, like, Missions and Convictions was a sister project to the Anxiety EP. The Anxiety EP launched it. And there's callbacks to that. Revenge of the mm -hmm. Sith will have a sequel one day. This project. I felt like it had a very conclusive ending, but it's a journey of love. And like I said, mm. I'm only 20. Like I'm still learning so much about love and life. And I kind of liken it to someone's dating, right? So you're dating and you have this, this story of dating, then you get married. Your dating life is over. The journey is done for now, but you still have a whole new life of marriage waiting for you. That's a whole yeah. different kind of love. So I kind of look at it like that. Will there be the loved one part two? Probably not exactly, but this story will come back into play later. It could be next year, it could be 10 years from now, but it's definitely going to be something that needs to stay relevant. Yeah. Are we gonna get a Bryce redemption arc? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, Bryce didn't do anything wrong, bro. Yeah, for real. He didn't know. Anyways, speaking of Bryce, um, where did the name, like, did the name Bryce is just, like, kind of work well for, like, rhyming, or is there, like, a specific reason you had Bryce be the name, or just, like, the name? Uh, I just wrote it. <laughs> I don't really know a Bryce. I, I knew a Bryce when I was in elementary school, but, um, no, man, like, uh, Taylor Swift does this a lot, where she, she, like, in Folklore and Evermore, she made this whole world with these made up characters whose names are just completely irrelevant. And uh, yeah, I, like I would never want to actually put somebody on blast. I wouldn't name drop a real person. Yeah. I'm not I'm not early John Bellion like that. Um, so I, is Bryce yeah, is Bryce um, is he representative of a real oh, person wow. <laughs> that you just despise? <laughs> no, 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 no. 
it's just it's just where the where the song happened to go yeah that's why it's soon but you never know (laughs) so in missions convictions you've had a decent amount of features uh, for the length of the album but on this project there's only one in feature throughout the entire project the feature is amazing but yes the feature kills it no round does an absolutely fantastic job and ZDRX, like you said, has an interlude. Um, so what is the reason for having a small amount of features, if there is a reason? Yeah, man. Um, I just want it to be as creative as possible. I remember KB, when Tomorrow We Live came out, was talking about, if you can sing the hook, then sing the hook. If you can do this part of your music, then do that part of your music. Like, don't limit yourself, right? And features are cool, especially with helping you grow, you know, statistically and in front of a new fan base and stuff. Features are good. I'm not against features, but I really wanted to do the bulk of the work on this one. I had a very, very clear direction the whole time with where I wanted it to go. Noah came in very clutch and it's, you know, like God just orchestrated it for Noah to be on that song because his heart is so pure and he definitely understood the message of that song. Uh, Yeah, it just worked out for Noah. And like I said earlier, it's one of my best friends in music, and uh, I'm just very grateful that he was down to be on it. Kind of going back to the length of the project, so it only has six songs and an interlude, which comes out to be about 19 and a half minutes. Is there a reason why the project is so short? If there, or like, yeah. Um. Yes and no. Yes, yes, there definitely is. But <laughs> it's kind of a lot of different. It's a factor, like a lot of different factors, right? So it's an accumulation of a lot of different things. Um, if there's only six songs, how many beats do I need to buy? Six. That's that's a lot better than buying 12. I'm fully independent, right? Um, so from that standpoint, like lo- logistically, there's a big reason why there's only six. But more than anything, it just fit the story, man. Like I felt like we went from point A to point B to point C very smoothly and adding more to it may have messed up the journey a little bit obviously i always write more than what comes out whenever there's a project involved but it just kind of worked out for this project that there was only seven stopping points including the interlude yeah ain't no filler allowed right for real (laughs) exactly man and also from like a streaming standpoint it's just smarter to do smaller projects right now that's what where people's attention span is um and if you can do that while still telling a complete story then i think that might actually be harder so um give it a try yeah. honestly bro i think you should have put confidence at the end i know it doesn't fit the story at all <laughs> but like it had the most street <laughs> i know right yeah do a, a coming in hot situation yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but don't yeah yeah. Shout out, Andy. Shout yeah. out, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so as I was listening through the album, I, I was looking through, like, the genius lyrics. Um, and, like, I mean, you kind of covered this already, but in the in the song Coffee Shop, um, the song asks, what would happen What would happen if I met you at the coffee shop? And this is repeated throughout the entire chorus. And so what is the significance of a coffee shop in, the, in terms of the story? And then if it has any significance to you personally, what is that? Yeah, personally, I mean, I'm a big coffee fan. Like, I, I really Cooking like... up like crack, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, go listen to Time Zone. 
Um, <laughs> no, like I'm a, I'm a big fan. And like I mentioned earlier, like that's that's uh, something that I think a lot of people can relate to. Like a lot of people have had coffee breaks and a lot of people, what it symbolizes is just a pure mutual understanding where a coffee date will never get crazy. You'll never have anything go drastically one way or another. And it's usually a pretty simple and pure uh, meeting location. And at this point in the story, it's pure puppy love. And that's really what I wanted to kind of demonstrate in the most relatable way possible. Um, so here at CHH Hysteria, we like to end off with on, uh, on a sillier note, um, like we on did. On a high um, note, you meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like we've done for your previous interviews. Um, so I picked out a question from online. Um, and obviously you like music because, you know, you clearly displayed really? that. Uh, um, obviously. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so then I found this question online, and I kind of, I'm interested to hear your opinion on it. Um, so what movie would greatly be improved if it were made into a musical? <laughs> Whoa. Um, or just improved in general. Yeah. Greatly. Wow. This might take me a minute, to be honest. <laughs> Bro, I don't know. Um... So I don't watch a ton of like um, romantic comedies or anything like that. Yeah. But I think a romantic comedy would be a lot better if it was made into a musical. <laughs> He's uh, not wrong, actually. I mean, yeah. He's totally not <laughs> yeah. wrong. I mean, imagine I like instead of either. that, it's just, instead of like, what is it? Bro, give me a romantic comedy. like. Crazy love. Uh, right? that's, that's a rom com. Is that a notebook of romantic comedy? The notebook. Or is that a romantic? Yeah, that's just romantic. I think that's romantic. That's just romantic. Wait, I'm pretty sure it's sad. That's not a rom com. I don't yeah. know any like big ones. I've seen some like like the random like the Adam ones. Sandler ones. I guess. Oh, I haven't seen some those. of those are wrong. I've seen there was this one called um, Love Hard. It was a Christmas one. That was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with Love Hard. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no one's heard of it besides me. Instead of that. None of us have seen it, by the way. It could be the best movie ever. <laughs> it's imagine... actually a good movie, not gonna lie. <laughs> You've seen it? Is it a Hallmark yeah. movie? No, it's a oh, Netflix okay. Christmas Oh, God. Movie. It's actually oh, solid. No. Okay. Bro, what is wrong with you? So, don't trust Cole's <laughs> opinion on movies. But Y'all ain't seen if... it! <laughs> I don't need to. Imagine <laughs> if, instead of that being a movie, it was a play. Like, that would be so yeah. much better. That's true, yeah. So, I'm going to go with, with the rom-com genre. Rom-com genre. That's what about, what about you, Cooper? That's a oh, really gosh. good answer, and I actually agree with that. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I think Star Wars would be fun as a musical. <laughs> I think it would be just... I just I'm surprised they fun. don't have one, yeah. to be honest. Like, that's a great way to kind of milk the franchise. Yeah, I know exactly. it would make you mad. But, like, I but... think it would be kind of fun, man. <laughs> I made Star Wars a musical, is the thing. Oh, that's true. True. Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. But like, I think, now hear me out. <laughs> Y'all ever seen A Quiet Place? Oh, please. Just imagine if I've like seen, the whole time I've they had to be like, singing it. <laughs> or like I've some, seen like parts of it, but I haven't part, seen the whole thing. Yeah, or some stupid like yeah. saw. Yeah, or like some horror it, movie. You know what I mean? Like oh, it some, would be a great musical. Instead of screaming, yeah. just like opera singing. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for coming on Apex, and everyone, be sure to stream the heck out of the loved one. Yes. Go genius, pick out every single part because you're probably gonna find more stuff. For real. I learned a lot during this interview, and I've listened quite a bit of times, probably like ten yeah. times. Um, 
but yeah, and thank you, Apex. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate everything that you're doing for the genre. You guys are legends. And uh, yeah, until you next time. You too, week. man. Hey, you too. <laughs>